Alright, so we're uh, back here. We're just gonna jump in. Let's fucking go. Dive in, you ready? Yeah. We're good? Yeah, we're good. good. Cool. Fucking go. Hey. Hey, what's up? What's uh, what up? What's what good? Up? What's good? What up? So hey, uh, I am sorry that I'm always late. <laughs> no, you're not. Should I start this you're off not. with the Boy yeah. Scout story? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Dude, what I, is, I had no intentions of being this late today, but I just I, I haven't been able to get off the phone. So I, I was sitting here. I looked at Adam, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he forgot. So oh no, I didn't. As forget. he's setting up, I'm like, you're kind of wasting your time right now. Let's wrap this. Oh, up. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, he was like two steps off the door. Right? Were you? Yeah, I was. I was close. Oh, well, I got I'm a, sorry. I, I'm sorry. No, I'm being a baby. So last time we were here, we kind of did a, a State of the Union, did some background stuff, and now we're just going to try and go right in with different topics. I'm and excited, stuff like actually. That. You had a good yesterday. You texted. We talk about lending, talk about hard money, private money, um, how to make your first dollar in real estate. I think it's a good topic. Um, man, I want to just mention this before we even get into that. Two weeks ago, when we met last, we were talking about interest rates, the economy. There's you know a whole bunch of. I would say there was a lot more doom and gloom, at least from my perspective, mm. two weeks ago than there is today. You you follow Twitter, so you might have a different opinion. I will say that as I sit here today, two reliable sources have said that by Q1 of 2023, interest rates will be back in the 5% again. Mm. One of them being a big backing place. Like It'd be hard to see Freddie it. I, I mean, I, you could see like maybe one more bump. Up. It just can't keep going. It, it'd yeah, be hard we've, to we've see it. Like, yeah, we it, it. it doesn't, you know. So supposedly Freddie is saying five five percent. They're Kruger. they're having to bring it back. Freddie Krueger, yeah, Halloween, Halloween episode too, by the way. Uh, so that's exciting. I think that's good news. The other thing, and we'll post this. That, so let, we'll post this in the like if you're if we're whatever we listen this whoever listens to this wherever we share it. I'm gonna also share this link, but right below right below it, um, that article that news uh, that little news bit that I sent you about Valpo. Yep. I think that's like super, super encouraging. So if you live in the Northwest Dude. Indiana area, anywhere, but specifically Valpo, Chesterton, I'd say Portage, Westville, Couts, anywhere, DeMont, even, you know, trickling down 20 miles from here. Yeah. That shit is going to be absolutely insane for our economy. Yeah, that's something I really wanted to break down even even beyond that. But first of all, I want to say that I am three months clean of Twitter. So I, you, think, I think there's something to be One said for time, that. One day at a time, bro. One day at a time. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I need like a good pin or something you got make me days yeah. a sink a little sink <laughs> let that sink in um dude um i'll send you this video it's, it's from somebody we you know really well did um a zoom call kind of breaking down um the the secondary lending space mm. and where, where that's at with rates and how that affects everything sure okay. um and he was going through where um the different business cycles of feast and famine rates and you know um, recessions and you know even talked about 08 like 08 could even been like a, a borderline depression the way things were yeah um and then you know I, I listened to that and then you sent that video of of you know valpo and all the all the money that's being dumped in and this and this you know massive project um and then you just realize that we're just on a cycle that's yeah. it this is this is just part well, of what, think, what you just said is a, like that's the point so like anybody i feel like anyway the people that are really freaking out and i know some people that are like completely backtrack they're completely retracting they're not they're hunkering down 
I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but they don't really have much money to lose. You know, right. a lot of them. And then you look at what is just being announced about, I mean, the, the journeyman thing's already been going on, but they're not like, oh, let's hold off on this journeyman thing. We're, no, these motherfuckers are dropping tens of millions of dollars in it. And we're just announcing another big $30 million project. So I guess my point is, the people with the big, big money in the deep pockets are fucking spending, spending, spending right now. Yeah, they don't really have a choice to stop. I mean, the only time you ever really saw stuff come to a complete halt was 08, shit got weird, new construction, whatever, and then COVID, yeah. right? And then that was just the weirdest thing that ever happened. You know, I we did our like neighborhood subdivision Halloween party this past weekend, and I'm, I'm always like getting approached with, uh, so what? what is, you know, how's, yeah, yeah. how's real estate? What is it? And I'm like, honestly... I don't like I haven't felt it yet, you know? No. I put a house up and it sells in a week or whatever. Maybe it takes two so days, dude, maybe it guy, takes two weeks. I've I haven't felt it yet. But you know, I, I do raise you know, private money. There's been no like apprehension there. I just you know, I haven't felt any effects. Dude, my of private this. money guys are blowing me up trying to figure out what to because this is the only place they feel their money is safe. Yeah. That's the that's also, the reality of it. Is also, this, sorry, if I if I take take my main guy for example um, you know, in 21 alone, made well over 100 grand just on my deals, right? Yeah. So just like as, a, as an investor, you could get nervous. They're nervous because that's an yeah. awesome return that they're sure. now, they want more of that, exactly. right? So they, you know, hey, you're good. Yeah, I'm good. We're going to keep going. All right. When's the next Perfect. deal? I'm on it. Like, yeah. that's it, you know? And I think that's, I think that's important to mention too, because, you know, generally speaking, guys that are doing private lending, which we'll talk about in a minute about how to how to find somebody and how to do that. Generally, these guys that are doing private lending have investments in other areas too. It's not like they're sure. only lending to Casey or right. only giving yeah. Nathan money. That's not how it works. They have their money in other places. And what's interesting is that if there was other places to be putting your money, we would see our lending ability tighten up. And it just doesn't happen. The more you bring good returns to these guys, the more that you follow through with what you say you're going to do, the more they believe in you, they don't give a fuck what the what Fox News is saying or what CNN or Twitter is saying. They yeah. really don't. Yeah. And taking us out of the picture, I think just across the board, real estate is always a safer place to be. It so is. maybe last year they were able to get 10% return on their money or whatever the number was. Maybe next year they only get 8%. But that means that everywhere else they're only getting 4%. Real estate is always a stronger place to put your money, I believe anyway. And, I, and I'm saying that from... from years of making a lot of money doing it and also of years of not and like looking back and by not I mean not even investing at all the one thing I wish I would have done in my early never years stopped. making money <laughs> well I never I never stopped I mean even before I learned about it I wish that it has it sucks that it's only been a 10 year deal for me you know like I didn't start until I was 28 sure. I wish I would have started when I was 25 or 23 you know like yeah. I was making money then I could have done it and I just yeah. didn't do it you know so anyway, I think my point is I've kind of, I feel kind of like, and that's why I'm really glad you brought this up. I feel like I wish I would have started doing this a long time ago. I really do. I, I can't believe that it took us this long, even though I guess on one side of the coin, you could say that it would have prevented me from dealing with an 08 type situation like you did. Yeah. I wasn't even in the game at the time. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. You yeah. know, it's definitely a good well, place. We, and we talked the talk for, for a while there as, 
you know, this sort of stuff was sort of looming, right? This this economic downturn was looming. Like, hey, dude, it's going to be time to get ready. So, yeah. like, now it's time to walk the walk, right? Yeah. And well, that's, also, that's dude, where... <laughs> it was ready. We've been, we're on the outside of it. We're, like, coming down. I think yeah. we're rolling down the hill on it, honestly. For, for sure. For sure. But also, I don't even... I haven't even felt anything, yeah. you know? Dude, I had this guy... Uh, his he, he, He's from out of state. He doesn't even live around here. But actually, the way that I got introduced to him was because some local clown was, like tagging me in a post of his like thinking that we knew each other and we did it and anyway that connected us the guy lives in like somewhere down south he builds tiny home uh subdivisions so like that's his little niche and actually it's, it looks really fucking cool no, no, yeah. i don't i don't get it you know like it wouldn't be like yeah. for me but he's he's got these like communities of tiny homes he's sure. really well anyway um yesterday on his on his page i was watching this banter people he was he was kind of like i think his post was kind of taking a shot at wholesalers saying hey guys you're gonna have to tighten your game up because a year ago you could just go out and tell a buyer what or tell a seller whatever they want, go raise money from whoever because everybody was lending it, and just post it on Facebook and any new investor would buy it. And now I think that what we're going into is that specifically these guys that are going out trying to make the easy buck are gonna to have to get better, you know. And so I think for guys like you and I, we're kind of licking our chops at the fact that the economy's kind of taken a, a little bit of a downside because we have good, strong funding from private money. We have our own money, and we have access to deals and people that will buy them pretty much endlessly. Sure, you know. And so, I guess my point was, I was watching him, and I said, I, I, I kind of chimed in. I said, "Listen, most of the people, and probably most of the people that even listen to this, a lot of them have started in this business a year ago, two years ago, when it was really, really easy. Just about anybody could get a hard money loan from any one of the." Uh, Kiabis or Renovos or any of those places, um, you could go and lock up a deal. And because flipping seemed so cool, everybody wanted to be a flipper. So you could get a deal under contract, post it on Facebook, and people would buy it at any amount of money. Really, yeah. it didn't really matter. Um, but I think what's going to happen, I think this leads right into your topic, is that I think that people now are going to have to be a lot more specific about the deals they buy. I think they're going to have to be a lot. If you're if you're not out finding the deals yourself, meaning going directly to, to sellers, um, you're gonna have to find a wholesaler that actually knows what they're doing. You yeah. know, somebody that actually knows how to find deals. Probably somebody that's been flipping and doing business for a long time and at least knows it. Um, but I think the things that are important are gonna be uh, getting the right money from the right people, um, knowing how to actually get to the sellers or get to the deals, obviously. But then next is gonna be negotiating those deals and accurately knowing what the deal is gonna be worth. And I think that's where most people are going to flood out. So I think what would be important, I know that's a lot of stuff I just said, but um, I think today we could focus just on the money part. Because sure. none of that matters if you can't get the money. I guess right. that's what I'm, all, what I'm circling back right. to. A lot of people focus and spend a lot of time on going online and watching the webinars and paying for the courses and all that stuff. And it doesn't matter if you don't have any money. At the end yeah. of the day, this business is completely dependent on who has the most money and who has the fastest access to it. Yep. That's it, bottom line. And, uh, and I can tell you, I had a deal last week that there was several people that wanted it. And at, at the end of the day, it came down to who had the, who had the money the fastest, mm -hmm. you know? So your topic, your suggestion was hard money versus private money, uh, cash. Like when you, I guess when, before I just keep talking, when you posted that, what were your thoughts? Like My thoughts were, um, might be a little, even a little different than what you're thinking in, in, even talking about a tiny home subdivision kind of relates to it where 
there's a million ways you can make money in real estate. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know another like industry, and I'm sure there is something where you know there's there's a million different niches within the niche to make money, but. You know, I don't think there's any hard pressed right or wrong answer when it comes to lending. I mean, if you're a guy who goes and takes out like a traditional mortgage on a on a flip and at the end of the day you make whatever your profit is and it works out for you, I can't sit here and tell you that's the wrong thing to do. Sure. Right? I'm not interested in it. Because I've even had like, you know, my my banker now, she's coming to me and saying, Hey, I can get you a line of credit for you know, a lot of money. Yeah. And then I look at the process and it's like, all right, well, you got to come out, you got to look at the property, you got to like, you know, is there a draw scenario? I'm like, I don't, sure. it's just no. Cause I can so just, here, let's, let's dive I mean, into that. that. That's a good, but that's my a good point, point is though, like for somebody that might work out perfectly. Right. There's, and I'm not saying that's a, you know, a wrong thing to do. Um, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I've, I'm, I'm like, I'm not very open-minded on it now because what I do just works, you know, and that, that could kind of hold you back too a little bit, but, um, you let know. me tell you why that won't work. All right, let me stop you right there. What won't work? Why the guy that's out there that has that's never flipped a house before that has a big line of credit? Why that won't work? Uh -huh. And why it will work for you? Mm. Who do you buy most of your houses from? Two sources: wholesalers and the, M the MLS. Not, not, let's not even say wholesalers. Me, yeah, and the MLS. Yeah. Right. The difference between me and the me and the, me and the MLS, those two scenarios, and the average guy out there is that most people, most guys that are just looking at this business and don't know, don't have a good relationship with a realtor, don't have a good relationship with a wholesaler. If you go to a wholesaler and you say, "Hey, I want to buy that house, but I have to have a mortgage," that wholesaler has no control over that. No side. doubt about it. Never going to happen. Right. The deal will never happen. Right. Or the other thing, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like saying that you're wrong about it, but or. The deals that are financeable are not always the very good deals. For sure. I want a house with a fucking hole in the wall. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so like you're really limited. If you've got a hundred houses to choose from, if you're a guy that's brand new and you're trying to do conventional lending, you've just slimmed your market down to two or three houses. For sure. But if at the end of the day, I want nothing to do with that that world. Let me yeah, be yeah. straight up. But at the end of the day, if you make money off of that, who am I to say that that's the wrong way oh, to no, go no, about no. it? That's, that's what I'm saying. So like, 100%. So here's, yeah. here's what I would say. I think that there's definitely time and places for that type of deal. You know, In fact, there's we have some deals right now where we bought with cash closed on it because I needed I needed to close right away because mm -hmm. the seller wasn't going to wait around for me. They would go spot. They'd right. sell somebody else. Cash and close right away. And then we'll refinance it because we know... Hey, I'm not even starting this house for three months. Let's refinance it with conventional refinance, you know, conventional sure. loan, or I'll close in an LLC completely separate from us, and I'll have Jenny buy it or something like that. So, like we do, there's loopholes to that, and I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just saying, if 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 the person that's listening to this is a first time investor, that's a tough way to get into the game. It is, but I'm it's really also, brilliant. and and maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, I know your your private money relationships are. A decade plus old, right? I know mine are close to twenty. So if I'm if I'm a you know the the early twenties kid who decides he wants to flip properties, like I don't know if I you know what what do they do? Yeah. You know. Well, I think that I think that um, I think to answer your question, it's it's interesting because when you said hard money, private money, traditional lending, or yeah. just straight cash, yeah. there's one thing I think that that is the true variable in all of that. And I think that's the reputation in the market community. I think that's really what it is. Right. Because if there's a couple, I have a few people. So like, uh, to be clear, like I, I will, I try to, I buy leads to get deals so that I could cherry pick the deals that I want to keep. I want to have 10 or 15 flips going at any given time. 
but the the consequence of me spending that much money on leads and running them is that I just can't keep all of them. So I will sell some to you. I'll sell some to. I've got a hand. I got five people that I'll sell houses to. Sold one to a new guy last week. First time ever to deal with them. For the most part, my blend, my buyer pool for me as a quote unquote wholesaler is like five or six people. If I'm new in this game, I'm gonna try to latch on to somebody like you or like a Danny, which I know he wouldn't let nobody latch on to, but a Kevin, you know, somebody that's been a (laughs) somebody that's been around a long time though, to try to get a relationship so that I could say, hey man, I really want to get in this. When a deal comes up that makes sense for my way of buying, send it my way. You know what I mean? That that would be the key. Because otherwise you'll just get overlooked and overlooked. You know, you go to a a traditional wholesaler who is only assigning contracts and you say, hey man, let me know if you got anything I want to buy. I've got a line of credit through DeMont State Bank. They're going to be like, yeah, fuck you. And right. I'll never be able to do it. You know? Right. Um, what's, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. So let's... I'm not, but I'm, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't think there's no right or wrong answer to So let's talk it, you know? about how your scenario works, though. I think that when we, talk, when we just said in the beginning the two ways that you buy, either from wholesalers or from the MLS, I yeah. think that... The MLS is probably the best scenario for a, a guy that you're referring to that's looking to right. buy with traditional lending. But, yeah. The MLS is probably the best way to Right. Go. Well, I'm a cash buyer, so like that's like that's it, right? So it doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm talking about the guy that you're the guy that you're defending out there. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is like there there is there is a, a pool of people out there who want to get into this business that don't really have a choice, right? Yeah. You can walk through your your scenario where you started which we kind of talked about on the last podcast right but you know you came into the business with relationships with somebody who was already earning at a very high level you know and you kind of could leverage different things to go and buy property right yeah my first flip i didn't care about right i didn't even know yeah exactly well let me let me let me show you so i was i've been kind of like being hard on your scenario right there and let me there's a reason why i'm doing that just so you know the reason why traditional lending for flipping isn't ideal in this marketplace is because of A, requires a, a significant down payment. You're gonna need probably 20 to 25% down, which most people don't have. Um, number two, you're gonna have to go through full underwriting, which means you're gonna have to have good credit score, good income, tax returns, all that stuff. And number three, it's gonna take a longer time for it to close, okay? So that transitions perfectly into your other scenario, which is hard money. So there's a thing out there called hard money. Have you ever used it? Mm-hmm. You have? Yeah. What's the matter with you? Nothing. You look scary. I do. It's Halloween. Well, there's another way to do it. It's called hard money. And I think that's I think that's where people should and be I going. I fucking hate that, by the way. Hard money? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do too. I've yeah. never done it. I don't okay. know. I've done it once. It's, so, it's uh, similar to the line. I take it back. I did it. I, I tried this. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, about seven or eight years ago, this guy, I met him at a meetup, one of the local things. Oh, you gotta try. You gotta try. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need it. I just use my own money. I don't. I don't do this. He's like, yeah, but think about it. If you use this lot money, you could go you do, do more deals. Do more and deals. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So I did it, and they wanted to fund the deal and the renovation. Which, if you're listening to this, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. So I was used to. I, Kevin would find me a house, or Carl, or somebody would find me a house, and I would close in three days. Now I had to wait 15 days to close. So right. for me, that seemed like an eternity. Sure. I thought that was crazy. Well, there's was, an underwriting process. A that's, little bit. That's, yeah. So I was able to get the loan approved. It took a little longer than normal. They funded the deal. The day I closed, they said, okay, so where's the money for the renovations? They're like, oh, well, you have to go and do the work and then submit uh, you know, submit a receipt right. and we'll reimburse you. And I was like, oh, well, fuck that. I'm just going to do the flip. Like, What's the point? I'm not going to yeah. go back and forth. So I just funded the flip because I didn't need the money to buy the house. I just did it to try to 
thinking building a relationship would be a good idea, which by the way, it is a good idea. For a lot of people, that's a great if, if that's, idea. If that's the only way you're going to be able to fund the deal, of course, that's 100%. a great way to do it. But what I found was that I got all the way to the end of the deal. I called him and it, you know, it was a 30 day flip. I called the guy and I'm like, Hey, um, I'm close. I got this house under contract or I'm ready to list it. What do we do? He's like, Oh, well, are you ready for your draw? And I'm like, Oh no, I already did it. I'm done. Like the house is done. He's like, well, I got 40 grand sitting here for you. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't need it. He's like, well, I kind of need to fund it. So like, yeah, he, they literally made me go through an yeah, inspection yeah. and they wanted me to send pictures. I'm like, I'm not sending you pictures. Yeah. I just want to Well, close. if they don't fund it, and it's not like, worth it Well, forget them. it. Just keep the money out. They're like, well, we charge you interest. We have to. We have to. I'm like, what right. the fuck? So yeah. like, to me, it wasn't worth it. Right. For me, I'm like, hey, you're cool. I like you. I've referred a lot of people to this guy because for a lot of people, that's the best way. But I never did it again sure. because it just seemed cumbersome and, and frustrating. However, I will say this. If you're listening and you can get approved for a conventional mortgage, you can probably get approved for a hard money loan. No doubt about it. And what that yeah. does is it cuts your time of underwriting from 30 to 45 days to 10 to 15 days. It takes the docs, it cuts the docs and all the information that they're going to request down from full tax returns, bank statements, all that stuff down to probably a credit report, maybe some It's more about the deal than it is it the is. borrower. It's asset-based. Yeah. So they're going to fund it based on how secure the deal looks right. to them. You know? yeah. Secondly, if you only have the money for the down payment, which I think is 25% or 20%, if you only have enough money for the down payment, they will finance the renovation costs, which again, for some people, that's a really good way to get sure. into the business. If you came to me and said, hey, I've, I, I heard you got a house for sale, a flip for sale, I've got a DeMont State Bank pre-approval, or I've got a hard money loan, I'd probably go with the hard money loan over the pre-approval from the DeMont State Bank. Because I know that the hard money people are gonna are gonna give grace to drywall, missing drywall, missing floors, stuff like that. They're in the business of renovating, they're in the business of flipping for a profit, so they're gonna consider that stuff, whereas a traditional lender might not even approve the deal. Yeah, right. Yeah, makes Why sense. do you hate it so much? I'm hey, curious. What? The hard money. Because of everything we just said. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's no different than that line of credit, right? There's an underwriting process. Sure. I've been spoiled now yeah. when I have, 100%. you know, literally, hey, the wire needs to be this, send it, it's there by noon, and then I close, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's something that I probably almost take for granted at this 100%. point because I don't know what other people out there are going through when they're having to get, um, a, you know, a second stage appraisal done because drywall's up, like you're yeah. building a new construction home yeah, or some yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, so... I don't, I don't like, and I was more so defending it in terms of I'm spoiled I'm, and I'm spoiled because I earned the right just the way you have. Um, but I also recognize that there's the majority of people out there don't have access to money like that. So a scenario like that, a hard money, um, a line of credit, whatever the case may be, um, is, is the only way they're going to get into to flipping a house. Not sure. the only way, but it's, it's, a, it's an avenue to. You know, I know people that have, you know, refinanced their home and taken out HELOCs. You know, I, I took that's 100 a hundred grand really, out of my that's house. That's a good way to do to it, go, You know, which, yeah. you know, your house is leveraged, but you have full access to that cash. And the and rates just really low. So why don't we low. walk, let's walk through the different scenarios, actually. I like that. So the, yeah. the, we, we just talked about hard money loan. Hard money and conventional are very similar and that you've got an application process, an underwriting process, and an inspection and appraisal process. Yeah, I think the main difference, you know, hard money, your rate's probably going to be a little higher than your conventional. Dude, typically. right now, it's, I mean, it I is. Mean, yeah, maybe it's, is it's it snap, not a snap? whole lot different. <laughs> so yeah. hard money, I, what I've noticed, because I have guys that buy from me with hard money all the time. Okay. So I'm, well, I'm very aware of the process. 
I told a guy last week I was going to fucking fly to Florida and make him eat his teeth. Like this, this guy that the kid that was buying from me, his hard money lender was such a piece of shit. The rep he had. I mean, so that's the other thing is you're I not, think it's typical. You're not me. dealing with. I feel like we're getting a little sidetracked, but you're not dealing with Kareen at Demont State. You're not dealing with your hometown mortgage mortgage Wall Street fund money. That's what it is, and they're fucking assholes. Most of them, not all of them, most of them are assholes. You know. So anyway, uh, it's it's a different type of loan. So you still have that process, but the money's more available. Like you you said it exactly right. They're looking at the deal, not the person, most of the time. They actually, I think. A lot of these places don't even care if you default because they will buy that asset back, right. and they have other guys in the area that they could push that deal to. So if you find a hard, if you so here's here's a tip I would say, if you've been to these events and you hear that a lot of the investors, which <clears throat> I don't know what they're using, but I know that most of the guys in the area that are flipping houses are using hard money loans. So if you can find out who those guys are using and you go to those to that company, I would imagine that your approval ch- chances would be higher. Because that place knows if you default, they can send it to one of those guys. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I'm just I'm just guessing. I don't know that to be a fact, but I would imagine that's probably also it's true. numbers on a spreadsheet. 100%. They know there's equity. They know you know they've yes. they've done whatever you know uh, due diligence they have before they funded it to you. And they they know what their risk is. Um, all right, so that's that's one hard money. You you have your traditional lending like you yeah. talked about. Neither yeah. one of us have ever done that. Um, I think you just brought up a really good one, which is a HELOC. Yeah. I think I mean. I don't know the HELOC process, but what does that what does that look like? I think it's it's based on your <clears throat> your current home, obviously. <clears throat> Sorry, you know if you have a house and you owe two hundred grand and it's worth five hundred, and they'll fund and you know liquidate one hundred and fifty to you, and and you know that's amortized over thirty years, and now you have your traditional regular mortgage payment of two grand, and now your HELOC's another you know eight hundred bucks a month, but you have one hundred fifty grand liquid that you can take and and do whatever with. There's no like. So do you know how does that work? Does it so like let's so your scenario? You have a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, you owe two grand a month. Now you just pull one fifty. You have one payment or two. You have two, two, two and oftentimes are two completely different lenders, cool. right? Oh, really? That goes back to like the eighty twenty days, I right? Gotcha, That's gotcha. essentially what it was. It's first and second. And there's, pro- I would imagine, there's a limit. So if your house is worth five hundred, eighty percent loan to value, 70, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys are listening to this, if you think about it, if you have a house that you owe, you know, if you owe 40 percent of what the house is worth. There might be another twenty percent of that house value available, sure. which I think is the scenario you just gave, right? Sure. I mean, you said one hundred and fifty, so yeah. And then, and then you you could do whatever you want with that money, right? There's nobody like watching over you. Um, and I'm the watcher, I, I've been watching. Oh my god, dude, that show sucks. <laughs> Everybody's going crazy about that stupid Sorry. show. What a dumb show. Who's the watcher? I don't know. Is it the daughter? Is it okay? Who's the, oh, the watcher? Yeah, I think your house is really cool. I well, walked in my house and some guy was making a sandwich. What are you talking about? Hit him in the head with a fucking brick. Literally, I'm what watching are you that. Doing? I'm sitting there listening and I'm like, that guy would have been. He would have just, been fucking yeah. smeared all over that kitchen. All what over, the fuck? Why are, we, why are we having a conversation with this fucking weirdo? Oh, you're the inspector? Get the yeah. fuck out of my house. God Sorry, damn it. You know, so the benefit is, is nobody's nobody's the watcher over that money. Yeah. I mean, so really, 08, like, part of the big problem was everybody was stripping every dollar of equity out of their yeah. homes. Um, and they were taking it. And, and those were overinflated values. Overinflated values. Appraisals were, were out of whack. And people were taking that money and, and going mm-hmm. on vacation and buying wardrobes and cars and shit like that, you know. I'll, I'd make a suggestion. Uh, if your house is normally, like, let everyone kind of knows, like, my house is, my house is probably a... 
$400,000 house. This In this market though, you could probably get 450. Sure. <clears throat> if I were you, I wouldn't be leveraging over 400 on it. <laughs> I would use that 400 as your 80-20 mark and I wouldn't take more than a $320,000 loan or whatever. I, 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 I do it on a macro scale. It's probably overall dangerous because the, like, the average American their their home is a forced savings plan. 100%. It's fucking everything for them, yeah. you know. And when you start stripping the equi equity out of it, you just need to be fucking smart and careful about it. But anyway. it's it's a way it's a way to get money. And then you know, obviously, you take that, roll it into a flip, or roll it into a you know a rental. Do whatever the fuck you want with so it. So if but. you did that, so let's just say again, you got you, you got one hundred fifty thousand in a HELOC. Can you? Do you have to go to the bank and say, "Hey, I want to use some of it," or do you, are you just? Able I think to it spend depends. It, I think it depends. I think you can, you know. Dude, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, and you said something else too that it's not always the same lender. So I, I guess we can. I'll ask. I've got yeah. obviously lender relationships. I'll ask about that. Maybe we'll have a lender on and talk with them sometime about that specifically. But it sounds to me because I know that uh, I know one of my good friends does that, and yeah. I think. I think she just has a check, a separate account that she can just wire the money from. Yeah. Use that as proof of funds. That's probably I think the case. It, I think typically. it's treated yeah. as actual cash. So if you can do that, I would say cash is your first best option. That's probably second because sure. you're not you're not involving it. I mean, even as even even above private money. With private money, you or I are at a point where we don't have to explain ourselves, but right. most people with private money have to kind of give a rundown of the deal, and you've kind of really, you know, it's a little bit in the, involved. That, it sounds like you just kind of spend it as you need it, you know? Yeah. Also, too, I think the key is the rates are probably really fucking low. I think they are, um, and your payment should be low, too, because, they again, they amortize it over 30 years. It's just like your regular mortgage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Hey, honestly, you should do that. Well, we should do that. Why don't we do that? I'm not... You're not doing it? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Why not? I don't want to strip the equity out of my house. I don't need to. That's the yeah. other thing too. Like I don't. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a good topic for us to, to discuss because last year, uh, we'll, we'll go off off the rails here a little bit. But last year, I was like hell bent on paying my house off completely. Yeah. You know, and I really started like making a stab at it. And you and I had a conversation where I'm like, I was I was almost like, I almost had like weight on my shoulders doing it. Where like, I, you know, I gave myself a deadline, and I was like. Well, wait a second. Then you and I talked, and you're like, "Well, dude, think about it. You, your wife, your kids live there. Even if the sky completely fell, you're gonna do whatever it takes to make that fucking yeah. payment, right? Like, what am I? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, and actually, you know, my main money guy had had a similar um, thought process where I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I just put that money somewhere else? Well, I know why. Um, I think so. That was one way of me saying it. But the real thing is that you were worried that the money was going to run out. You were worried that your little run of making good money. You I'm always, I always I know, you're, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that, that'll never I, don't, go I don't ever think about that. But <laughs> right. you, that that's yeah, why yeah. you thought that, because right. you're thinking, this is only going to last so long. And yeah, 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 you yeah. know, so yeah. my point is you could always, you'll always do it. Like, I know, yeah. you, I know you well enough that you'll figure it out. Yeah, you know? and I, I did have in my head, like, man, it'd be cool to be like, my fucking house is paid off. But then again, I know people who, you know their house is paid off and nothing's really changed in their fucking life <laughs> right spend it somewhere else, <laughs> they yeah. spend it somewhere else so yeah. what the hell you know so uh heloc i think would be a good option if you're if you've got some equity in your home and you're wanting to get into a flip i think that's a good place to start yeah you know, i i think that the the fear and the risk is exactly what you just said is yep. that you're stripping equity from your house for a lot of you that's your only money um i could also make an argument that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have to default to somebody, I'd much rather it be a hard money place than my mortgage on no my doubt. house. No doubt. No doubt about it. So I think it. that's yep. probably yep. the point that you're making. Yep. Is that yep. 
you know, there's still always risk involved. I'm pretty confident that nothing can happen, but let's just say hypothetically you do HELOC your house and you've got 200 grand in a flip and you get in a car accident and something happens to you. Now Linda's got to figure out how the fuck she's going to get that flip done so that she doesn't lose her house. Whereas in the other scenario, she could just say, hey guys, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. Yep. Sue me. Yeah, you know? figure it out. Right. Yeah, so, like, so that's the risk is that you're, 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 li- you're kind of playing with, their, in most people's scenarios, their most valuable thing that they have. Right. Pretty risky, right? Yeah. So hard money, HELOC. What about, uh, what, what was another one? I know a lot of people do 401k. Uh, IRA, like IRA uh, self-directed IRA. type things. I think yeah. that's kind of one maybe I wouldn't want to even dive into because I don't know how it works. Dude, I don't understand. All my money, honestly, like... Is IRA money? Yeah, it does so I do over. know this. You can't, if you have an IRA, you can't fund your own deals. Right, but I can so fund your So you could deals. fund my deals right. and I could fund your deals. So I yeah. think that's what it is. So for some people, they will overload IRAs so that they've got the money sitting there earning some interest and then you could pull that money out completely penalty and interest-free, invest it into a real estate transaction in the form of a loan to you, and then get all that money back for free and then charge you interest. So that's what people do. So if you're, I guess the, I guess the value I would say in in that is that if you're looking into this and you're brand new at this and you know that your parents or your uncle or someone in your family has got an IRA with a ton of money and they've been bitching at Christmas that that thing isn't earning much money, I would, I would just let you know that there's an option for you to borrow some money from them, pay them a huge return on it, them not be penalized at all, and you'd be able to go start your flipping It's a really, really good point. And I don't know how to do that, but I do know people that would be able to answer the question. So if you're listening and you want to know, message me or Casey, yeah. and we can put you in with the right people. We could, we could learn about it if we needed to. You know, you, you think about, I'm sure you experience this a lot. Like for anybody who's brand new out there and you want to start flipping, Go figure out however you have to do it to go do a deal or two and make some money. And once you do, suddenly those uncles everything opens uh, up. Suddenly those uncles start talking about, hey man, you know, I just had a conversation with this appraiser. I actually know him, but you know, some of it's annoying. Where it's like, dude, let's do something. Like, what are we gonna do? (laughs) What do we got? Like, you know, I um, get that all the time. Right. It's 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 just part of this business. But hey, hey, listen, if you're listening to that and you want to go have lunch with Casey and pick his brain and figure out what you can do, before you do it, find out the value that you're gonna to add to the deal you yeah know, that's the that's the reality of it is that like trust me I want to do deals with every single person I can yeah. but like you have to have a plan where you're providing value to it not just I'm helping you launch your dude and that's deal, that's a, that's a, I want to pin that because that's a really good point there too but but yeah, to just to wrap that up, you'd be surprised once you get going how much money is actually out there oh, yeah. and how, how many people want to start like figuring stuff out also you know, I'm looking at a whiteboard now where you have like, I don't know, 15 deals up there, which is, you know, probably just a fraction of what you have working. Um, and you mentioned a point where you will chase every deal, even like no matter what you have pending, no matter what you're buying, no matter what you're selling, <clears throat> no matter what you're rehabbing currently, you will chase every fucking deal. And that's a that's a real testament um, and, and, and like, a, um, I guess a point that a lot of people, once they get up and going, you know, kind of miss. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's a personality trait. It is. I'm a yeah. Fucking yeah. And so is Jenny. You, you, you and Jenny were, are like very similar in that. Where Dude, it's funny. I was watching, I was, I was trying to explain to Brad how snowmobile, we were talking about snowmobiling. We had all the, a whole bunch of time yesterday sitting there. So we're watching this video. I, I just looked up UP snowmobile trip 2022 and I found some guy's video and this guy's on a wide open lake and he's. And I'm like, Brad's like, oh, that's good. I'm like, yeah, that's not really how it is. I'm like, me and Kevin squeeze that fucking throttle until it's like 
I've never let off the guy. Yeah. I literally never let off. And that's how and Kevin's the same way. You yeah. know, we literally fucking squeeze that thing. And like, by the time I'm done, my forearms hurt because I'm trying to squeeze the throttle further than it's even able to go. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because that's just how I am in real life. Right. Too. And that's and why this weekend when you said, Hey, you should buy a snowmobile. I said, fuck you. I'm not. <laughs> I bought a house next to you in Florida. That's, that's what I did. I'm not buying no snowmobile. But dude, you're right though. And so take my, I mean, I'm obviously extreme. I'm not afraid of the risk because I've been doing this a long time. Right. What well, were you well, here's the thing. Though I think no matter what to start out, you need to be fucking extreme. You, have to. you need to chase every lead, every conversation, every like even like you know you would loathe the idea of going to an investor meeting at this point yeah. for somebody else, whatever. Like and, and sometimes you'll do it, whatever. But if you're brand new, you need to fucking chase every little thing, climb up a tree. You know, I've had people where you know, oh, how do I do it? What you know? What have you done? Yeah. Have you have you tried to find a deal? Have you tried to find a motivated seller? Like you know, you haven't. Well, deals fall in your lap every day. Yeah. And deals fall in my lap now, really by proxy of you, because <laughs> we just have a you know we we, we just have a, a relationship now when it comes to this business. But you know, it takes a long time to get there, and you know, we both can kind of sit here and be like, well, you know, there was a time, and you still do it, but there was a time where you just, no matter what, you took action and just hoped it worked out. Because yeah. if you do, if you take stupid action, it fucking will, it will no matter what, it will, it will eventually figure out. Yeah. But, and I think that kind of goes to the to the other topic we want to talk about, you know, making your, your first dollar in real estate. Going back to the point I was making, there's no other industry that I could think of. I don't know the fucking stock market and trading and all that. I know very little, and, and maybe there's other, you know, there's other things that you could potentially squeeze money out of creatively. But there's nothing like real estate, in my opinion. You know what? Throw me a pen. I was just doing this yesterday, and I needed to write something down here. So I was just talking with a guy yesterday, and he was we were, he was saying he's at a turning point in his life. I get these conversations a lot, you know, like, hey, I see what you're doing. I want that, but I'm currently here. It's just not realistic for me kind of thing. And my answer is always, yes, the fuck it is. Like, it 100% is. Yeah. If I can, if me and you could be doing this, literally anybody can be well, doing Well, dude, it. it's been proven over and over again, not to cut that's you off. The, but you, you, had, you had a little group thing here not too long ago, and, and there was a guy who I remember when you were at the other office yeah. meeting him for the first time, and he just had this, like, look of wonderment wanting to get in this business. That's Zach. Are you talking about Zach? No. Um, oh, V? V. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he was just, like, rattling off where he's like, oh, I got this, this, and this. And I'm like, dude, it's been a couple of years. Yeah. And this guy's a full-time fucking real estate investor where I'm like, damn, I better step it up. Man. I don't even talk to him. Yeah. I mean, and not that sounds bad, but like in the beginning, every deal, every movie made, I, I was involved in. He had, yeah. I was helping him or talking with him or at least just talk, walking him off, talking him off a ledge kind of thing. Yeah. Now I, I have no fucking clue. Now he was introducing, oh yeah, I got yeah. this guy who, who will land on him. Yep. Like, really? Oh, that sounds good. Can I get it? So you're, you just said something a minute ago about kind of just chasing down every deal. And I think that goes to... I, I think you need to decide what you want to do. You know, yeah. if you're if you're risk, if you're like, hey, look, I want to be a flipper. I've got connections to to crews. I think I can. I think I can. Uh, you know, I think I can find deals. You know, I've got a guy that I think could get me a good deal, and I've got a friend that's a realtor that'll help me sell it. Your only thing you're missing is the money part. Then every day you need to be fucking looking for the money. Yeah. You know, nothing else. Sure. I know a lot of guys who are like, you know maybe they're real estate agents or maybe they're friends with real estate agents. So they've got the connection to sell it. They're kind of hanging around the group so they could easily find deals. All they got to do is say they want to buy something and a million people will be sending them deals. And then, and, and, and you know, obviously they can get crews too. 
And when I hear them, I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I just bought this course on flipping, or I just yeah. bought... It's like, no, bro, you need to be fucking knocking on doors asking for somebody to loan you money. That's what you need, sure. you know? So I think the key to getting started and making your first dollar, which is what you just said, is you need to walk through the, the different things that are needed and find out what you have and don't have yeah. and be fucking obsessed with finding those things and, and, I, and I think some of that's going to depend on where you're at in your life, right? So if you're you know, around our age and you want to venture in and you have some sort of established career that you're not really hell bent on leaving, but you like the idea and maybe you have equity in your home and you can go, you know, you, you see those guys where, yeah, there's a, there's a house on my street. I could buy blah, blah, blah. Like go flip the fucking house. Yeah. Like, or, figure or, out. or buy it as a rental. Sure. I think that guy needs to get into renting. That, I mean, right. honestly, that's, that's what I think. Or and I'm more so saying like, there's, there's that guy. And then there's that like early twenties kid who I fucking hate my job. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. You know, I just want to be involved. Okay. Well you need to figure out how to go find a motivated seller, get a property under contract and then do something with that yes. contract, yeah. regardless of what it is. Exactly right? Like, right. And yeah. I, I think you understanding where you're at in your life. I don't even think you need to have all your goals and plans set out because you don't fucking know yet. But it really depends on where you're at, right? And there's yeah. people like, you know, um, the guy we were just mentioned as an example, where I remember his his wife was kind of like apprehensive. Very nervous. And he, yeah. you know, she's he, super conservative. Right. Yeah. And he had a lot of that weight. So he, I don't know if, I don't know if he took a lot of risk or if he had to maybe like go a, a he, risked, he risked it all. I Did mean, he? he they God had bless cash him. Saved, fucking and he awesome. was willing to risk it all. Yeah. Know? Now, in his case, he started off, again, same thing. How do I get involved? How do I get involved? How do I get involved? And it was like, it was actually Kevin that was like, dude, why don't you just do a deal with them? Let them loan on a deal. And so this first deal, he put 60 grand and got 66 back. I mean, yeah. it was very, very minimal. But for him, it was like, all right, now i got a deal under my belt. Yeah. Then he got to do another one. He put 70 grand and got 75 back or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I was like, here's what I'm willing to pay. If you want to do it, you could do it. And it, it was a couple of those for him to see to me. That was that's not exciting, but for him, he's like, dude, I just made I made thirteen grand. Also, in six months. Also, now he's in real estate. And now he's in right. Real now he could yeah. say he's in real estate, and he's he's actually doing what he's been wanting to do for a long time. So let's walk through real quick. In order to get involved, the, here's here's what you have to have if you want to be. And I don't think it matters if you're flipping or renting, but you need a for somebody to find you deals. I think that's super important. That's just not a that's not a plug for me. I actually don't want to be the guy finding people deals necessarily. But I will say that most of the wholesalers out there are not providing good deals. I've bought from just about everybody that's out there. Find somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing, who's got a track record, who actually knows how to negotiate the price of a home and also negotiate and, and at least evaluate the renovation costs and all that stuff. So getting the deals is number one. Number two is uh, being able to actually do the work. So whether it's a rental or a flip, you need to have access to crews. So if you're sitting on $300,000 and you say, I want to flip a house, but you don't know a guy that owns a hammer, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Yeah. You know, Number three is being able to fund the deal. So finding the deal, finding the workers, funding the deal is super important. Again, I think that's most people's, that's where they think their holdup is, where you just said it best. And I know Kevin is always saying this too. If you've got the deal and the crew and you've got, you've got a deal, someone's going to give you the money. Yeah. And I would argue too that your first deal, like let's just say that you came across a, a great deal that you can buy for hundred grand. It's going to be worth three hundred when it's done. It needs fifty thousand renovations, and you got a big spread. Someone comes along and they say, "Hey, look, I'll give you the one fifty, but I want half the profit. Take the fucking deal." Yeah. You know, get get your feet wet, cut your teeth, whatever the whatever phrase you want to use, but get in there and do a deal, right? And then lastly, you need somebody to sell the deal. And I know that might seem stupid because I think a lot of people 
assume that they know a realtor, but you really need to find a realtor that's familiar with selling flips and familiar with dealing with investors. It really is a different ball game. And I think a lot of people go out there and they want to flip a house. And when I see, and I'll just tell you from owning a, you know, we own a brokerage. We, I see both sides of it. I see the transactional side and I see the, um, the investing side. When I see a flip hit the market and it's some no-name agent, it's like, eh, I don't know. That's yeah. somebody who just started. You know, yeah. find somebody that actively lists people's flips. Go on the MLS and find a, you know, obviously Jenny or Linda are, are two good examples, but Christine Coughlin. There's a lot of these agents who work directly with flippers and go and ask them to list your house because then, sort of by association, you're going to almost they might actually think it's one of the typical flips that they list, someone that they're used to working with. And they also know how to get through the inspection appraisal. So I think that's important. But anyway, my point of all that is that if you're listening and you're like, hey, I've got I've got two or three of those, you need to figure out how to fix that puzzle first. And then once you have all that stuff, it's easy from yeah. there, right? Um, you said if you're looking and you're, you're the 20-year-old kid and you're saying go out, find a deal, try to piece it together. If you're the guy that's working at the mill, my advice is meet with someone like me or you and probably get into into renting sure. right i think rentals are easy ways to get involved um i wanted to walk through this real quick if you don't if you don't mind i was talking to this guy yesterday and he was like man I'm, i don't know what to do i don't know if i should continue on the route i'm going or if i should go this way and i'm like well why don't you just get involved in real estate and he's like well because i don't know i don't really know it and i'm like well you don't want to flip a house that's fine you don't really know guys to get money that's fine but you've got good credit You've got a little bit of money that you could afford to put some money down. Why don't you start making your goal to just get as many rentals as you can over the next couple of years? And the scenario I used was, if you looked at a rental, most people do this. They'll say, well, look, I, I just ran the numbers and I can buy a rental. It's gonna cost me $15,000 in down payment. My mortgage is gonna be a thousand bucks a month and rent's only gonna be 1350, right? After I pay everything. $350 isn't gonna really excite anybody. What I was explaining to him is if you can get to 10 houses that way, which is gonna cost you you know, around $100,000 of cash, which you'll have to figure out how to get that. But if you could get to 10 houses, 10 houses is $3,000 a month, right? Not that big of a deal. But if you can have 10 houses that you own that are, let's just say worth 150,000 today, 10 years from now, those houses are probably gonna be worth what would you think? What would the what would you think a ten year appreciation on real estate would be? I mean, at, at the bare minimum, twenty percent. That's kind of what I yeah. use too. So let's say you've got one hundred fifty thousand times ten times twenty percent. So in ten years, that group of homes is going to be worth one point eight million dollars, right? And I'm just using rough numbers. If you bought $1.5 million, I'm just kind of taking 150,000 times 10, keeping it super easy. 150,000 times 10, you only finance 80% of it, so you only finance 1.2. And after 10 years, how much do you think you pay down on a mortgage? 10% maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not even that much. So we'll just say, we'll use 10% as an even number. That means that your total payoff on those is $1,080,000. For 10 years, you collected $33,000 a month times 12 times 10. So you've also collected $360,000 in rents. I'd say half of that went back into the houses just because of bullshit, right? So my point is you have, you've, you've put $180,000 into a bank account, 
you collect the 360, you spend 180 of it on fixes and furnaces and stuff like that. You have a, a portfolio retail worth $1.8 million. You only owe one thousand one million eighty thousand dollars plus your one eighty. Ten years, you have a net worth of about nine hundred thousand yeah, dollars. You're a millionaire. <laughs> I could, I, and I and I was telling him, I'm like, anybody can be a millionaire in ten years. That's a slow path too. Uh, yeah. But my point is, for the guy that's just, and so then the and that's question a, that's a passive-ish path. Too. It is. Yeah. And so then the question comes up: Well, where? What if I don't have the money for the down payment? That's your only piece between you and a million dollars. Yeah, figure go it find out. It, go right. figure it out. Get yeah. a side hustle. Fucking join a multi-level marketing. I don't care. Yeah. Find it. I know a guy that currently to, to put an OnlyFans together. Whatever, you know? bro. But I I know a guy now that's currently getting traditional lending and he's private money borrowing the down payment sure. and figuring out figuring it out. Yeah, you know, selling shit on eBay. Whatever. Yeah. But my point is like, I don't think you could do that anywhere else. You can't. I don't think. And that's without getting involved. Here, here's that's the problem, doing though. shit. You're and, buying turnkey. Yeah. I'm saying buying rentals that are already active. Like These aren't even great deals. These are just, all I want is a house that's going to be worth some money in 10 years. Right. You can be a millionaire. Here's, so, and here's the problem, even though it's not a problem. We talked about this, again, at that, that little thing we did not too long ago. Um, it's just not sexy enough for people to see that and be like, oh, yeah. Right? For some reason, and I, I suffer from it, too. It, it goes back to you saying, like, you know, I've been I've been cranking this stuff out for ten years. I wish it was twenty. I wish twenty years ago I would have had that state of mind rather yeah. than man. I can make fifty grand off flipping a house. That was always the sexiest part, right? Where that's how that's right there. What you just wrote down and broke down is the American dream. Yeah, that's why somebody who you know makes twenty bucks an hour and paints walls in, in houses or whatever that's their full time job can become a multi millionaire in this country, right? And like the, that's there's a lot of them. A, a, a more than more than you could ever wrap your head around. So the the interesting point is you mentioned earlier, once you start getting involved in real estate, you open and unlock doors to conversations with people that you normally wouldn't have. So there's a lot of people out there that have been doing this their whole life. There's yep. a lot of there's janitors, there's yep. school teachers that have 10, 12 rentals. Yeah. And you know what those guys you know what those guys are right now? They're sitting on a big pile of equity. They're yep. sitting on probably some cash. At least they could go and easily pull money from their from their deals. They're involved in the business. They love it. And they just never got into flipping. So those are great people to go after and say, hey, you you, you meet them at a cookout or at, you know, it's an uncle at Thanksgiving and you say, you know, and you tell them that you're involved in real estate. Those are the guys you go and borrow money from. Sure, because they would they could easily give you a hundred grand yep. to get a twelve percent return because they're not they're not getting that now. You know, yeah. we, they got a twenty percent over ten years. Now you're showing me you get a twelve percent. I would bet that in in your day to day stuff, you've encountered a lot of portfolio owning sellers that are just normal everyday people, right? That yeah. own 10, 12, 15, 20 houses that are just everyday people yeah, that man. you would see, right? It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. I uh I'm I just I just got under contract a 50 a 50 unit, not a 50 unit. It's 50 individual properties um, that we're going to close on in sections over the next couple months here, but um, this particular seller, they're all paid for. I mean, they've lost complete control. He's been managing them for the last you know 25 years or whatever and now he's just tired of them and he's gonna get 
four and a half million dollars over the next couple months. Yeah, you know? great exit strategy. For he's him. right now broke. He's figure trying to figure out how he's going to make ends meet. He's got repairs that need to be done, and like that, he's going to go from this is all a big stress to I've got millions of dollars now. Those realistically probably could have been worth six or seven million. Sure, but you know what? That's a lot of fucking money, dude. Yeah. Four and a half million bucks is a lot of money for him. Well, and in his defense, I use that too, where the guy who's always you know, has it in the back of his head. Well, it came, you know, this can come to an end. I'm always like, well, I could just sell that thing. And, yeah, you exactly. know, Somebody will give me a hundred grand for that yeah. tomorrow yeah. and then I'm good, right? Like, And that's the conversation <laughs> that you have to have. That's the conversation I had to have. And, I, and I want a hundred of those examples. You yeah. know what I mean? He's kind of bummed because in his mind, he's like, you know, if I would have been able to do this or this, I could have had all this money. And I'm like, yeah, but listen, man, let's just say 50, 50 doors. All right. These are all single, all individual single families, 50, 50 doors. And let's just say over the last 20 years, you averaged $700 a month in rent on these things. And let's just say that you've had, at any given time, you've only had a 50%, uh, 50, what the hell? You only had 50% occupancy. So $17,500 a month times 12 times, I think, 23 years. That's $4.8 million in cash flow that you generate. And that's only if you average 700 to door and you only had 50%, yeah. 50% of them. Yeah. So like in the scheme of <laughs> that things. That number's probably not even realistic. It's, it's probably, probably way too low. Yeah. So over the years, you've made a lot of money. Over right. the years, there was probably a time when you were sick or you got laid off and you couldn't afford something and then rents came in and you were able to use those rents to pay for something. Yeah. So my point is, I guess the reason I'm saying that, A, I'm pretty excited about this deal for me, but... Um, but the point is, is that for a lot of these guys, for a lot of you, you'll get into the business and you'll make a couple grand doing a quick wholesale deal and it'll cut your teeth, you'll get in the business. For some of you, you'll come in and you'll do a flip, you'll make a little bit of money. For some of you, you'll just play the slow game. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I yeah. think that for, for, for some of you, you need to make some money right now. If you came to me or you or any of the other guys that have actually been doing it a while, they could show you how to go make 10 or 15 grand in the next 30 days. Sure. Like we could figure it out. Yeah. If you're like, hey, man, I want to quit my job and I need to make 200 grand a year, we could show you how to do that. Yeah. If you say, hey, look, I like my job. Realistically, I can't walk away. I got five more years to my pensions, all this. I could show you how to be a millionaire in 10 years. Sure. Or I could show you if you wait 20 years, that scenario I gave you where you got a 900 grand in 10 years, if you wait 20, which, by the way, that fucking, it's, it's here like nothing. Yep. You're sitting on a big old pile of money. You can help your kids. I, I know this is silly and I don't mean to like, change the direction completely but there's something to be said about leaving your kids with something i've been taking that real seriously it's 100 percent my focus it's actually yep. it's actually biblical whether you believe in that or not like we are not supposed to have be have been born live on this earth have all these opportunities and then leave this earth with nothing to leave behind us the point is to leave a legacy to leave financial you know something and for me I know that I've had, and you and I are exactly the same. We've had a great, and I'm almost saying like we're going to die tomorrow, but if I was going to die tomorrow, we've had a great life. We've spent a lot of time with our kids. We've been good to our wives. We have great relationships. Why not the day after our funeral, after everyone's sad, be like, well, now what the fuck do I do with all this? <laughs> you know, shit, I didn't yeah. realize dad had all that. Yeah. Like, that's fucking cool. Instead of being like, you know, now we got to figure out how to do this. I mean, I deal with it every day. Yeah. You know, we got to pay this person. We got to do this. Leave a fucking pile of money. Whether it's twenty grand or twenty million, it doesn't matter. I really believe that my funeral is going to be a lot less sad when people get to go out and buy a fucking Lamborghini or sure. something. You know, I mean, whatever. And I'm literally, obviously, I want to also in the meantime, and I know you do too. I'm going to teach my kids how to do this. 
and I want this to be something. I literally, I just said this the other day. I'm like, when I die, I want for my kids. I want. I got. I got enough time now because we're young. I want to build my kids enough wealth. I want them to have rentals. I want to teach them this business so that when I die, if I if I left them nothing, they're still going to be rich. But I want to leave them a bunch of money so that when and I want them to. I want to be very specific. Either donate it or just fucking blow it. Just have yeah, fun yeah. with it, you know. <laughs> and then you go build your own money, and yeah. then do the same thing for your kids. Have fun with it, you know. Sure. All my hard work and all my risk. I want you to just do whatever. You yeah. Know? Maybe maybe they won't. Maybe they'll do something smart with it. But I want them to fucking blow it. So buy a helicopter th- and crash it. <laughs> <laughs> don't die. Just yeah, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> yeah. man. I don't know. It's been a few years. I don't know. Why I said man. That. So just to recap, I think when it comes to the lending part. You know, in real estate in general, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, as stupid as that saying is. Um, there, there just is. To, to, to make your first dollar in real estate, I think, as vague as it is, you need to just figure out how to take massive action in one direction 100%. or the other. That's really it. Like, that would be my best advice. I mean, you've, you've probably been around it long enough to where, you know, we use a, a really cool example of a guy who went from just like starry eyed and confused, you know, two and a half, three years ago. To now, like a legit bona fide real estate investor, he's That's helping other people. Get helping other now. people, blah blah blah. There's also, you know, he, he. I don't want to say he's the anomaly, but he's he's the lower part of the percentage because the majority are, hey, hey dude, it's been three years and you're still like, well, I'm going to go meet with an attorney about real estate. Like, yeah. fuck out of here, you know. Don't be that guy, yeah. right? Just just figure out how to like get in there, take action, and you know, figure out how to make your first dollar one way or the other, and then next thing you know, the momentum and snowball happens. Um, I don't know. No, I, I agree, man. I hundred percent. I think focus on the things that you're that you're not good at and try to fi- figure out or that you don't have access to. Spend your time getting those. You know. Yeah. I think it's too easy to go to the meetups. I think it's too easy to buy the seminars. It's that's not it. That's not what your problem is. Your problem isn't that you don't know enough people. Stop having lunch. Your problem is that you don't know the right people. Usually, yeah. you know. And I would encourage everybody to really figure out what a motivated seller is and what that means. You know, and, and that's like that's also part of the conversation a lot. We're, we're, you know, why would somebody just do that? Well, that's not my problem. Why well, they would just sell their yeah. house at, at a huge discount? And there's a million different reasons. And you just touched on one because the family's fighting over the house. We're closing on one tomorrow. Um that you and I are doing. Yeah. And there's three brothers, two of them are cool. One's kind of, you know, hard-headed on the deal or whatever. I don't even know all the details, but it's the, the dad died in it. You know, they're, they're 50, 60 miles from the property. They're still, you know, working every single day. They have, you know, um, actually this is a point I wanted to make because now I'm thinking about this deal and it just doesn't make sense for them to all try to come together and who's going to yeah. fix up this it'll house. Never gonna, it'll, it'll never, never happen. happen. And unfortunately, those deals happen all the time and then that house just sits there yep. and, and whatever. It's a dumpster fire. But dude, that's a really, I don't know if we talked about that on here, but that's a really good example. So we met these people over at this house, Adam, and the guy is, I don't know, probably in his mid-50s, um, super cool guy. And uh, he was just like, you know, I, I want to... Um, you guys are you guys are doing what I always wanted yeah, to do. Kind exactly. of thing, you know? super cool guy too. Yeah. Like I've become friends with him now. Like he 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 wants he wants to be doing this. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. um, and I think that he's a good example of somebody who bought the courses. I mean, he told flat out told me I bought the courses. Yeah. I've been to the seminars, and I think that the difference was he never linked up with the right person. Sure. That's always the case. Yeah. Everybody's story. You link your story back to meeting Alan Watkins back how, however long ago right. it was. Um, and I can tell you that, again, for me, there's been people in, in the process that have helped me along the way, but um, 
meeting the right person and and kind of being ready to dive in is, is always the difference I sure think. Yeah. yeah good point though about that scenario i think uh you know it's easy to think that and we get this a lot why do you just said why do people want to sell it's easy to think that guys that are flipping houses are only going out and buying deals that are taking advantage of people or when people are in their lowest point and the reality of it is is that when it comes to real estate if it's not pretty and well put together it doesn't sell you know yeah. it requires somebody like us to do it it's so, a massive massive problem for that 100%. person that they're losing sleep over it's something sick that's over. been stressing and them they out have for a no means to, to to do anything yeah with it. exactly yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a good point, man. I, this is a good, I like, I like this topic. I think the one, uh, the one area we didn't touch on much was cash, you know? And I think the reason that we didn't do that, if you're listening to this, you say, why are you talking about that? It's because really the average person doesn't have half a million dollars sitting there. Sure. If you did, you probably would have been doing this already. You're yeah. doing something else. Um, I will say this, whether you start with traditional lending, hard money, whatever it is, the private money guys. What's wrong? Nothing. Oh. Dude, what's wrong with my face today, <laughs> man? You think smiling? Fuck. Just look really scared. Oh, first of all, doesn't he yeah. look a little sn- snarky or something? Okay, first I was like mean face. Now I'm snarky face. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> what I was gonna say was fix your face, Adam. The, re- the reality <laughs> of it is, is that for most of you, you just don't need to go get a deal. Yeah. What, what's, 100%. what's really cool is that once you've been doing it a while, the deals will start to fall in your lap, and the money will start to fall in your lap. If you don't, if you don't already have it, or you can't save it up people with the money will be available and start wanting to, wanting to invest in you. So um, good topic, man. Uh, we've got a meeting next week. I don't know if you're able to come do it again next Wednesday sure. night. Um, it's kind of just thrown together. I mean, I think we're posting it mainly just for the agents in the office, but um, go to events, meet people. Hey, listen to this podcast. Listen we're going to do podcast. this every mother effing week. Yeah. So cool. For the record, Nathan is wearing a t-shirt made in Italy with the Mona Lisa dabbing on it. So. <laughs>